This is the Timers Playbook Podcast, and I'm your host, Tepo Kule. I'm a father to two beautiful boys, lovely guys, but yeah, also hectic. Now, raising these guys has forced me to up my game in all areas of life, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. Welcome to the Timers Playbook, and thank you for tuning in. The black father is not a homogenous group. Hmm. They go through diff- different things, different stages. It's diversity of stories. Not everybody's going to be your friend. Not everybody no, going sure. to. You know, you're going to have some characters that you actually genuinely don't like. No, Tessa, Tessa, I think you're forgetting. I'm just letting you know. No, 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 baby. I'm a seasoned <laughs> broadcaster. You forget this. I didn't start broadcasting Izola because of podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> Sacrifice is always demanded. Sure. There's nothing for Mahala, Baba. You have to give up something. There's a certain school that does not want to admit my child because Ridula Hagar. But let them be, let them play. I mean, even, and by you giving them chores, by you disciplining them, it's actually still letting them be. I don't think society is ready for that conversation because you can't fix something without understanding the cause. Yeah. So we're like, let's fix this GBB thing, but we don't want to hear your excuses. But what you're calling an excuse is why it happened. And the fact that Umtetisi Lukel is not the why we're talking about. That's just a reaction that needs to be dealt with. Obviously, Hambia Chair. Now, before you start listening to this episode, please, please subscribe to the podcast. And at the end of the episode, give us an honest rating. This helps improve our content so we can better serve you. Enjoy. Welcome to another episode of The Timer's Playbook, and it's the 14th of May, 2023, and it's Mother's Day. So we have a special broadcast for the mother of the house, which is... (laughs) (laughs) Like, I get a special broadcast. I like that. You do get a special broadcast. You're the the most special person in this house. I get I feature every now and again, you know? And what did I say to you? As soon as we start recording, look at your children. As soon as... Can we just record? Oh, my days. Well, I suppose it's fitting. It's Mother's Day. Yeah, nap time didn't work. Eh? We failed dismally in this one. <laughs> Okie dokie. We're right back on. now. Mm. As I was saying, yes, Tessa, it, you do get a special podcast. Because for one thing, we had you on like a, two episodes ago. And your podcast does really well. <laughs> you know? So maybe I should feature you a lot more. <laughs> I can get like more than 20 people listening. Bobo. Okay. And you tend to resonate very well with women. It's like so every time anyone comments or women say they've listened to the podcast, it's always like I enjoyed the episode with your wife. That's nice. Mm, That's it's really, really nice. cool. Mm, so maybe I should feature you on the on the podcast a lot more. You don't say. Nigga. You see okay. what I have to live with. Uh, I'm listening. Mm. So mm. Mother's Day, how are you feeling today? Did you get your rest? Are you chilled? No, seriously, like all I just wanted was to sleep. Mm. It's been a rough week. Um, besides all the admin and work I've had to do, it's just the kids waking up in the middle of the night for both of us. So mm. I just wanted extra hours of sleep and I got them. I even actually got a chance to go on my social media like through TikTok and stuff. It was cool. And you're wearing your infamous robe. Inky pink into your red. It's cerise pink. Ah, there you go again, making up things. I'm not making you it up. Cerise make up is English a color. Words. You always, I've never heard of that thing. Cerise pink or It's my favorite red. shade of pink. It's cerise pink. Look it up, Google. Learn a thing. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Taza, uh-huh. I have some questions for you oh, since okay. it's Mother's Day. Um, but they're not bad questions. I don't actually believe in bad questions. Okay, shoot. cool. That's great. So... I've been thinking about, you know, um, when you first had kids, because you're always telling me like how rough it is to have children, like birth, childbirth and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, and as time goes, you know, and the more I, I look and I read stuff and I see videos and then I see like how it impacts um, women mm-hmm. and such, you know. So tell me about your, your kids' births and how different they were. Sure. Okay. Um, TJ was a breeze. 
I barely looked pregnant. I barely felt pregnant. I didn't have any traditional or what you would call pregnancy syndromes. If anything, you had a sympathy pregnancy. You put on weight. You can eat certain things. You just like went. To, your body just went weird on you. And it was fine because I didn't change a bit. I was very confused. Yeah, like I didn't miss a beat until like I made you read the article. It's like a sympathy pregnancy. You know, you put on the weight. You were like moody. You didn't like certain things. You you, you just got funny. You got very funny. Well, I don't remember that. I know you don't, but like you were confused with yourself. What are you saying? <laughs> You're saying like... <laughs> with TJ, you I... You said I had like symptoms of pregnancy, sympathy pregnancy. Like Yeah, you the did. The male will go through. Yeah. Like you and I are very close. Like mm. I think it was a really prime example of how close we really, really, really are. But... um you carried all of those symptoms. Like you were the one who like started wanting to have like junk food more. You had like certain cravings for certain things more, you know. And then like towards the end of the pregnancy, it was like beginning of the third trimester or something. You're like, this is out of hand. And you did that like extreme diet thing of yours where you're like not <laughs> eating carbs and eating sugar and you're working out twice. You did that whole program mm. and you literally were the thinnest I've ever seen. Like even when I look at the pictures, I'm like, look at this guy. Like, <laughs> Not dying, now. you know, but um, I, it was a result of I I know this now, but it was a lot of um, what I was going through because I didn't really throw, really exhibit anything. I think the first time I mm. actually ever threw up in my pregnancy was the day I was delivering, and that was apparently a symptom of being in labor. Okay, you know, is that how we knew for sure? Yeah, because um, remember I woke up and I was like, um, the baby's gonna come today. I knew I was going to give birth that day. And you're not quite sure about it. You wanted to How call the midwife. I, I just woke up and I knew that was the day. But the baby uh, was, TJ was late again. Like a few yeah, he was supposed to come on the 11th of December. He came on the 20th. Okay. When we did our checkup with the midwife, she's like, well, we could induce or whatever. I'm like, if everything's fine, I'm not, he'll come when he's ready. So I had baby for another 10 days. Hmm. And um, I just, we went to sleep, and when I woke up, I was like, Mm-mm, "Today's the day." And I kept telling you, "Girl, I'm I'm gonna go in labor. I'm going in labor." And I didn't believe you. You didn't believe me. I was like, "Dude, I'm gonna I'm gonna be in labor." You didn't believe me. Like you were so crazy. We ended up going to Genesis for a checkup. Remember, right? Yes, yes. And yes, then yes, they yes. did the the heart thing. They monitored the scan. Everything was alright. I was dilating, but it wasn't crazy. So they sent me back home. And then on the way back home, we ordered calamari and I ate. And That's was, some memory. I do not remember. the day my child was born. Okay. What's wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> and then I remember like two hours later, I had that like crazy, crazy back pain that I got only when I was on my period. And then I threw up and then you panicked. And then you called the midwife. She's like, oh, no, she's definitely in labor. No, you did. Like, So your panic isn't like running around headless chicken not knowing okay. what to do. Your panic is freeze frame. Your eyes go really, really, really big and you want an action plan. Yes, but uh, we had a plan. Our plan was ready. Bags yes, were the packed. bags were packed. I was That's home. You. Yeah. Yes. You, you, but I know you and you're in panic mode. That's your panic That is mode. not panic mode. Like I your eyes, like, no, like your eyes look like a deer. Like they actually get twice as big as they are normally. I wouldn't describe that as, as focus. And then, and then, and then you're very abrupt and very curt. <laughs> now you sound like my mom. <laughs> you become very curt, very abrupt, very instructional. And I'm like, it's fine. We'll be okay. You know what? You, no, take this because I remember. Hold on. Before you continue, my mother. That's what then, she says. Yeah, but that's that's your that's your mode. Okay. And then we got in the car, and you kept. I think you asked me like a thousand times if I was okay. You know, and I'm laughing at you. I'm like I'm fine. I really am fine. What you need to do is call my sisters and my mom and my dad. We're like okay, we'll do that when we get there. So we got to the hospital. Um, shout out to Genesis Clinic, best maternity hospital ever for life. And then um. I got into my room, everything was fine, and then the contractions started, you know, but I didn't know there were contractions, I just felt winded. This is how mm. super easy TJ was, and maybe it's also because I was probably in the best shape of my life, so it helped a lot. And then um, I remember mom coming in, 
and you wanting coffee or something. But that was later than in the day. Yeah, like nothing really much happened. Mm. You know, mom came, you wanted coffee, you wanted to go outside. And then I love my mother to bits, but my mother cannot stand any of her daughters being pregnant. She hates pregnancy. She's never had a good pregnancy. She's had never had a good delivery. So she's got all of these memories around it that are really, really hectic. So I'm talking to my mom and we're like chatting and we're laughing. And then I just take a deep breath and I do my yoga squats and I come back. She's like, those are contractions. So I see my mom panicking because she's a nurse, right? She's mm. actually a midwife. <laughs> so she knew what the signs were. But she's wondering why I'm not losing my nonsense. Like I didn't lose my shit at all. I was like, okay, hold on a sec. All right, so you were saying, Mom, da, 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 you know, and it continued like that until, oh, and our midwife was giving birth everywhere else. Like, she was the last person we saw, and we only saw her like an hour before TJ came. Really? And she was talking, but she was on, she was, um, yeah, she was with her other patients the whole time. So she got everything prepped for me, and then she walked in. My mom looked at her, so I was like, oh, it's you. Okay, they talked a bit. And then she's like, okay, um, for pain, you wrote that you wanted a water, water bath thing because mm. like water really does heal and relax me. I was like, yeah, no problem. So I got in the bath and then we're chilling and I'm talking, talking, talking. And then like they got really, really strong, you know. But like instead of intense pain, it was just like draining of energy for me. And then my mom called. Like my mom's like, okay, what do you need me to do? I was like, you need to call Tapa because he wants to be here. You know, and that's when you were called. I don't know if you ever had your coffee or not. I didn't. I just come back with it. You know, so you came through and I pushed. Oh, and my midwife was like, okay, the baby's coming. We need to move you to the bed. I'm like, I am not getting out of this water. So she's like, are you saying you're having a water birth? Are you changing your birth plan now? I'm like, yes, I am giving birth in the water. I am not moving. This child is coming out here. Are we understood? Hold on. So I think I slightly remember. So the baby wasn't meant to be in the water. No. So you wanted to just sit in the water. For pain. Management. Oh, is that mm. why she ran that big bath? Yes. Okay. It was pain management. Oh. You know, I discover things from you. I mm-hmm. get it because you think you know stuff that I don't. No, I recall stuff better than you do. Okay. No, I'm just saying in life, just about knowledge. Why did you want a midwife? You know, I'd never heard of a midwife <laughs> oh no i have like you know when you watch movies like uh, mm-hmm. medieval times or whatever or like your british series where you which you love then you hear about a midwife mm. but in my head um i didn't think midwife at all um these things about doulas and whatnot i'd never known about it i just thought you go to a hospital and they look after you and they make things happen Over birth plans never heard of it why did you specifically want a midwife? Because it was not a necessity to have a midwife. No. Um, so witnessing quite a few births before mine came. I mean, like I was 34 when I had my kids. So when well, I first born. So I had been to hospitals. I had visited. I was there for both Sandy and Samu's birth. And Sandy was born in Park Lane Clinic, which is an excellent clinic. It really is. Um, And when Bav, because it ended up becoming an emergency C-section, and because Miranda can't stand the sight of blood, I was the one who was the partner. I was there the whole time. And I knew that I wanted a different experience. So even like having, I had to sign as the partner for Bav so I could have like access 24-7. Hospitals are very finicky about who comes to see the baby and what times. Mm. There's a list and there's times, there's allocation, there's restrictions. And I didn't want restrictions. That's the first thing. Um, Gynees, not big on gynees. I've been pretty healthy in my whole life. Never really needed a gynee until pregnancy. And even the gynee that we have was recommended by a midwife. Mm. So that we, because she picked up from you that you were not comfortable without going to like a doctor or gynae or like somebody responsible for these things. Because that's what all the literature said. Yes. So um, that's how we ended up with a gynae, by the way. It was really to put your mind at ease. Mm. Whereas your wife, the hippie that she is, believes women birth children. We've been doing it for thousands of years before 
hospitals were invented. You know, and mm. um, it is the doulas and midwives and stuff. It's it is a calling. It is like healing. You're with people. You're with energy, and you're really a birth guide. Because in all the movies, you, you've seen enough movies where a woman was pregnant and the baby came, and there was nothing, and she she had to give birth. Mm. So we've actually done it, mm. right? But my choice of clinic to go to Genesis was purely because it's a private room. My family can all come. And you know I'm highly family-orientated. My friends can come. It's, it's as safe as it is because the security for it is, like, tight. But it's access. I wanted the access. Mm. Did you know about Genesis before? Or were you, yes, did you just I did. do research? No, I did. Pumla gave birth to Genesis. And really? I, I actually wanted Pumla's room. <laughs> Well, yeah, there's a specific room you wanted. Mm, or it's because it of Pumla's room. Pumla. Because? Pumla gave birth to Yolo six months before. So what, what's with that special room? It was nice. Okay. The whole, like, when I came to see her, the whole environment was nice. The room was nice. Plus that one also had a garden. Well, mm, they all and it's have, got a garden outside. But they weren't... Like, each private room has its own little garden. Yeah. Mm. But it wasn't looking... The initial one, I think the other ones are looking towards the car park. This one was more... Into the... Garden. Yeah, the yeah, backyard. Back, so yeah. It was really, really nice. Mm. And I was like, oh, I want this. I'm definitely wanting this. I'm not going to any hospital. And that's what the decision was. Hey, Marum Fagas is doing. Yes, when Mufagi. I saw this, I was, yo, yo, yeah. this is possible in this world. <laughs> you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I said, I know stuff. That okay. You know. And then this, this water birth thing, because eventually then, okay, going back to that, uh, your firstborn, mm. TJ, in the water, mm -hmm. I was... Holding I, my arms. Yeah, but I don't know what was going on. Of course you did. Like genuine. It was scary. You were so strong that day. And it was slippery. You know, like I felt like I'm going to fall into the bath because I was standing outside the bath trying to hold you. The nurse was like the midwife, hold, push. Yeah, so she was giving me instructions and you were like holding my arms. And I was like drained, like it was hectic. And she's like, you need to push. Mm. And I'm like, that's okay. I am pushing, you know. So what, what's supposed to actually happen is that the contractions are a build up. So as they end, you actually have to relax and ease. And that's when the push comes out okay. with the baby. But you actually need the contractions to give birth. You can't give birth without them. But you have to learn how to absorb that energy to give it the energy you need to push. It's almost like when you do um, Kung Fu or Jiu Jitsu. And they say use the energy of the person attacking you against them. Mm. That's how you're supposed to actually do contractions. That's the approach to contractions. And deep breathing, full on tight muscles. Um, yeah, I think my full actual labor was like 45 minutes. And it was yeah, it was done. quick, no? Mm. It was very, very quick. I By the time my sisters arrived, the baby was there. They're like, how oh, yeah. we missed it? Like, yeah. But you only called like an hour and a half ago. Like. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and that was DJ and I was gone in two days. <laughs> yeah. But I was traumatized. Of course you were traumatized. There's my son in the water. A lot of pink that went Things very, in the very water. quickly. The Yo. afterbirth, everything. Okay. And he was very grey. And what 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 is, what is childbirth like? What does it feel like? What do you mean? Like giving birth to a human being. Firstly, when I found out I was pregnant, I had a meltdown for like three hours. Okay. Not because I panicked. I was just grateful. Like it went like, oh my God, I'm pregnant. Oh my God, I'm going to be a mom. Then all the things like, I'm a mom, am I ready? Do I know what I'm doing? Am I healthy? Is it okay? When else did I drink? What the hell's going on? Oh, really? And then the next <laughs> hour is like, oh my God, I'm going to have a baby like me. Like somebody, God picked me to be a mother for somebody's child. Like I have to do right. Is my everything okay? Have I read it enough? Do I need? Do I know everything I Why need to know? Why don't you tell me these things? And then the third hour, and this was like the best hour. I was like, oh my god, there is life in me. There's something happening in my abdomen that is magical, you know. And obviously, because now. I have had a life-changing transformation. You look outside and there's still traffic on Bears, no dear. Like not, the world hasn't yeah. stopped because you are having a baby. 
know? and you lived on pears not day that time and i was like oh my goodness um what am i doing okay i obviously have to tell tepa how to tell tepa then i spent like an hour trying to figure out how to tell you i don't understand because we've been together for so long so what was the problem you don't know yourself i know you i don't you know, know myself so i wanted you not to have time to make the wrong reaction how could i make the wrong reaction tess because we actually planned the baby this is what no but it's not the same i mean when you say we planned the baby we wanted the baby l- let's be transparent and honest okay when we say we planned the baby we were not going okay I'm ovulating let's have no, sex and doing that. None of that but we were right? saying Wait, oh, okay. we had one conversation mm-hmm. a real conversation that I think it's time we had a child we're like okay cool and that was pretty much it was a choice to have children yes it wasn't necessarily a plan so but our actions mm, were so between that of those people that are going to will have, have a a children if they continue yes. that conversation ha- happened around October it was September October yes, that memory again. and then that baby came it was conceived in april. march april march april mm. right so for those six months we're okay with the news that would arrive yeah. but it's not like we were planning on it no that is, that's the plan so now that the baby was there it took me by surprise even though i'm not surprised but i was surprised okay so i wasn't going to allow you to have a negative thing okay. about it and so, oh shit i'm having a baby what am i going to do i'm not sure. like whatever I was like I'm going to do it in such a way where he'll spend time with himself. Oh, so you're going to send me a riddle. <laughs> <laughs> he'll spend time with himself and then come into the house and the first thing I see is the positive happy person because you panic. Like you would Stop saying I panic. People would generally think I panic no. and I don't panic. Yeah, but yeah, you'd freak out. Tessa. It's 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 But I think is, you need to find a phrase in it. You know I do not panic. Yes, you don't panic, but what I'm saying is I didn't want to have a tainted memory and okay. I wasn't leaving it to chance. All right. Right? Mhm. And then I made this beautiful little meme for mm. you. And I sent it to you. But I waited for you to park at home <laughs> so that I can understand what's going on. I could see the on. car coming you parked. I sent the meme. You spent an hour in the car. <laughs> So like all of my preemptiveness <laughs> was warranted. <laughs> like you were not going to walk in and sit down and I was going to tell you and then no, I sent you the meme and you spent an hour in the car looking at this thing mm. and the first thing you asked me is like what does this mean? I thought you're going to be a daddy and then and then the emotions came, you know, because mm. I think you'd already molded over you. And then we're going to have a baby. And I was like, we can't tell anyone at least until like three, four months in. And that's what we did. So okay. TJ was really, really easy. He was a great baby. Um, I did get torn when I gave birth. So I had like three stitches. So, And so you said I mustn't be in the room for that. No. I shouldn't hear. Yeah. So, and I will quote my midwife. She couldn't believe the amount of screaming I did for three stitches after giving birth and I didn't scream or holler or talk about pain once. She mm. just couldn't understand the thing and I was like, I don't know, maybe the anesthetic. Actually, I didn't even have an anesthetic. No, you didn't. I didn't have an anesthetic anything. I just pushed. And she was like, I need you just got to be brave. Mm. And I just acted up. I'll never forget that. Like it like it is the most amount of pain I've ever gone through. You know, it's three lousy stitches right and um the healing from that i mean we breastfed everything was happy i couldn't do stairs properly mm. um i couldn't sit down properly for a while and then i remember mom made me a what is it called a stool stool bath or something stool bath anyway it's a bucket of hot water and herbs and detol and whatnot and i have to just sit on it hot water and sit it so that steam comes up mm-hmm. and it cleans you inside and it facilitates healing really quickly and that was a bit of a miracle because after like a week or two of doing that I was fine and I've never healed so quickly from anything you know and TJ was just like the perfect baby except mm. for the sleeping Whew. yeah no he doesn't sleep he still doesn't sleep uh, four hours on and four hours off and he lived on the boob 
when it started eating it was a problem you okay and your second born yo so you we assumed that it would be the it's same it's the same vibe mm. we approach I, i think i think that's why maybe second bonds are so different from first bonds right even just behavior because you're so focused on the first born about everything right you fast i mean i used to check tj's breathing at night you know everything about him was like he must eat it on time blah, blah. the second pregnancy we were very chilled and it was so just as much fun like carrying him mm. and i mean that's when we even got married like i was eight months yeah, yeah very yeah, yellow yeah. dress dancing my life away wasn't poor you know everything was good and until our last um scan if we're honest we didn't do our gynae appointments we were so relaxed and so yes but i did the midwife once yeah no we did midwife yeah but i get gynae there's a time that you need to start seeing mm. them mm. especially towards towards the the birth the, itself yeah. but we did, we hadn't done that Yeah. right up until i think just I before yeah well mm. yeah that's when it was 27 no no it was 37 weeks when we first got to her but don't do that girls go to the gynae from the beginning please and um so that day at the gynae as mind fuck yeah you f- you found we we found out that there's a problem do you remember what the gynae said exactly so here we are And again, memory is crystal clear. I just picked up Max's books because uh, we're launching. We were supposed to launch. We had arranged everything at Scoops at Monte Casino. I was like, okay, woke up in the morning, went to the baby expo with Crazy, bought the last of the stuff I needed, got Max's stuff. Um, I was like, okay, let's do the gynae appointment. Went to gynae and... Oh, cool and chilled and she yells at me. Well, she sort of like chickers me and the cuphead mm. about because we didn't actually have a gynae for TJ at all, by the way. No, we didn't. No, we didn't. We didn't do gynae stuff we, for TJ at all. But we saw a lady. Mm. I think once or twice. Yeah, because medically she has to see you once and sign off on that something. That they wanted like 2000 for that. 2.5. You. <laughs> It's 2.5. <laughs> but um so that it was the same MO with Paul, right? So we were doing that one scan with the guy need to get that bit signed off because yeah, yeah, we'd yeah. been seeing our midwife regularly. And she's like, "Okay." So she lucky chickas me for not coming regularly to her. And it's just like, "Okay, let's do this." And then she starts to scan, what 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 what. I'm like, "Okay, she's finished." But no, she's not finished. I'm like, "Okay, this is taking longer than it should." And I'm like, "Okay." And she goes back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, and she's like, she doesn't know how to say this so i took one look at her i'm like just tell me as it is like i'm not a panicky person type thing so she took a deep breath she's like okay tess i'm pause clocking in you're 37 weeks so you're sure you're 37 weeks i'm like yes it's like his weight is clocking in at 27 and i can't figure out what the problem is or what the reason would be for such drastic weight loss So I was like, okay, first red flag, like not red flag, like warning bell, you know, like penetrates. I'm like, I'm still calm. I'm like, so what do we do? And then she looked at you and then I knew we're up shit's creek without a pedal. Mm. And she looked at me and she's like, I have to induce you tonight. I'm like, sorry, what? She's like, you have to induce tonight or your baby won't make it. And because of my always delayed reaction she's like I'll give you guys a moment and she left No but as she was talking what I remember you did that cry when you you, you were crying it was so painful like it was almost like it it happened already It was fear mm. Mm. I don't scare easy and I don't get scared easy as right Mm. was like I think I don't know how to describe it I've never been more scared in my life about anything and have been through a lot mm. in that moment I was like what because it was never a possibility it was never an option it yeah. wasn't ever a scenario that played in my head my health was fine because everything was so fine every, up like, until then and, the, and that's why she was confused because his heart rate was fine mm. 
all the vital signs were good. She doesn't understand why he was so small. So she was just checking if I did say indeed 37 weeks and not 27. Mm. Anyway, so then we had to figure out a hospital that she goes to and we go, like it was a story, it was a mess. Ended up going back to Genesis, you know, because yo, the less I say about discovering medical aid and network clinics, the better. Mm. And I'm like, there's a reason I went to Genesis. We ended up at Genesis. And um, the midwife came and it was three hours and I couldn't even speak. I genuinely couldn't even speak. And it was before the days of voice notes. So I wrote a very long text to my family group, like trying to explain what happened. And we went to Genesis. And of course, my sisters yell at me for saying things over text. I'm like, you really is not about you. <laughs> Right. Uh-huh. It's like, I know you have to know, but I don't have the strength. And it was like half past three, four in the afternoon. People are working. You're in meetings. You I think don't we, were, we were actually driving up and down that time. Because mm, we now had to collect. I had to now make a plan for who's going to yeah, go stand for me for Max. Mm. I had to tell Max. I had to like just rearrange my entire life. And I had sort of my life too, because I had that shitty job where apparently you're not allowed to go live life. You well, must tell your boss job. You where you are. a stupid boss. Okay, sure. You had like an idiot of a boss, but it wasn't a shitty job. Okay, no, it was okay, sharp. Fair enough. Mm. So <coughs> when I'm in the clinic, you're like, you really didn't know what to do. I don't think I've ever seen you more helpless in mm. our lives. And then I was like, listen, you need to get TJ. Um, what do we do with TJ? Probably can. Really? Yeah. So Pumla's like, what? Because I sent her the text as well. She's like, fam, what's up? And I tell her, she's like, shit. I was like, um, I need, I don't have newborn clothes, like new, new, newborn, because I was going to get them. Mm-hmm. I thought he'd be normal weight. So this, he's coming early. So I didn't have anything for him to wear. She's like, okay, cool. But I actually just need you to come get TJ for the next couple of days until I know what's up. So. Pumai comes, like, everybody's still cool and chill. Like, we're, we're actually kind of happy. We're cool. It's an adventure for TJ. He's not, he's like, ah, oh, the baby's coming. Pumai takes TJ. She took him for about two, three days or something, which was really, really nice. Shout out to Push. And then, yeah, and then our midwife comes in. And she's like, um, okay, this is, I have to give you this. Whatever it is that they inject you for induction. I was like, okay, cool starts and then i feel like <coughs> i felt contractions for the first time ever like it was really sore you know but it wasn't long it wasn't intense it was just like 30 seconds of like yeah. and then it was gone and then they get longer progressively but i was like so when she came in about an hour later she's like how's it going i'm like they're not okay because the heart monitor stops when I contract. Mm. And she's like, yeah. I'm like, mm-hmm. And then we started listening in intervals. Like, So she goes on her knees. She holds my hand. And she's like, your son is not going to, like your baby won't survive natural childbirth. And I know that's your plan. But he's not strong enough. That's why his heart rate drops. You have to have an emergency C-section. And I remember thinking at the time that I need to speak to you so you save my baby, not me. Which you are not for at all. (laughs) (laughs) Your response was something stupid like, we can make another one. I need you. (laughs) Is that what I said? (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly what you said. Like, I need you. We can make another one. Well, don't tell him that. You know? And then I was like, no, you need to save the baby. And we had to then call the gynae, who is still my gynae till today, because she's like the best lady ever. Um, when she got the call, she's like, she was going to a wedding, mm. like in another province or something. And she like made it, and her husband's a pastor. So she like made the U-turn to come back. 
so she could deliver my baby, you know? And it was tense because nobody knew what was wrong with the baby. Yeah. And then I got um, this fabulous anesthetic, anesthesia. I don't know. The guys who do who had yeah, those anesthetics, but it's anest- that one. anesthetist. Okay. Yeah. Oh, sure. Because yeah. we're not pronouncing it how sometimes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's dodgy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he um, yeah, he's an anesthetist. That's the one. Anesthetist. So, Whatever. He let it go. She was. He was yeah. really, really, really cool, and he made me laugh a lot, and administered the epidural. I'm wheeled into theater, and all I remember is like, because now I'm flat. And there's lights and like, there's all these people in suits and you're there in the mix as well. And all I can see is your eyes. And I've always been able to read you. Mm. And I knew in that moment I was going to walk out alive. (laughs) No matter what happened, you would will life back into me with everything you had. Like you had this expression. I was like, oh God, I feel for anyone who wants to cross your path right now. It was going to be so much fun for them. And then... I was like, I'm surrounded by black excellence. Mm. Everybody in that in that room was black, and they were specialists of some kind, and you could feel the tension in the room. Yeah, you know, and it was dead silence. And they they start with the processes and whatnot and whatnot, and they're like, you're gonna feel a bit nauseous or what, 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 whatever. But then I remember there's a part like when they pulled apart, because I had like a six pack, I had like proper solid muscles. My abdominal muscles were intact and they had to like rip them. Ish. And, and um, now, oh, Ish. I'm recovering still. Right, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and then the baby came out and everybody burst out laughing. I couldn't believe it. Like it was just the biggest How do you remember all these things? I was present. You know, yes, and then she says he wrapped his umbilical cord yeah, around his ankle sh- yeah. twice. So it's actually chalk white, and there's a bubble of food at the bottom. And mm. here's this little, little person who's like 1.4 but kilos. But he was tiny. He was tiny, like puppies aren't even that small. Oh. You know, he was tiny. And then he didn't even look human. And then they wrapped him around. They brought him to me. I was like, okay, there's my baby. I held him for five minutes or less, less or something. And then they had gone to go make sure that all of his, everything else was fine. And it was, he was just severely underweight. Mm. And then they still make me cut the umbilical cord. Yeah, we did the whole process. But like, as soon as they came out and that was a problem, it was like, ah, no, Joe, so we're talking about this. And everybody's like, I'm like, oh, it, it was by default so cool because it's such a black thing. Like when something is wrong in a black household, there's silence. Mm. And as soon as it's settled, everybody talks jokes. about everything else. And like it's not falsified. Like, you know, everything's fine. Everything's mm. okay. And they stitch me up. They wheel me out. I am freaking tired. Like, I don't even know why I'm tired. Because I didn't push into nothing. You just cut me open. But I was exhausted the whole time. And then mom comes in. She's got the baby. She's with the baby. Like, you're dealing with ambulances. I'm not understanding why there's bloody ambulances. I just want my child. And they're like, no, um, he has to go to... Garden City. Garden City. Because he needs to be in an incubator. And they don't have that facility there. But you must still deal with admin. Um, because I, don't, I can't remember the exact admin. But you need to call. You need authorization. So when we drove to Garden City, I was behind the ambulance. So the ambulance couldn't get in to the hospital because I had to go in the front, deal with all of that. I don't know. Someone eventually made a call because they needed to get the baby into mm. into whatever that neonatal ICU thing. But he was outside for a while. Well, because it was also like six in the morning. So please note, nobody told me this, right? So I'm waiting for my baby. <laughs> So I didn't tell you that we left? No. You, 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 you. Hectic, eh? So you yeah. didn't even know where I was? Nope. But what makes it better is like I was really high on drugs. So, mm. you know, like time was in and out, in and out. When it hit me, it was at night. And you could hear other babies crying. Hmm. 
and I didn't know if my baby was crying or what it would sound like if he did. Yeah. I can tell you that he wasn't crying because immediately they put they put him in the incubator, I guess, no? Yeah. And then they have to put that um, light on him. What is it? Mm-hmm. UV. UV light. Is it UV or something? Mm-hmm. So he has, was tiny, tiny, tiny. So immediately they just put him in there. They put him in the incubator. And the crazy thing was they put all these, but if it's uncanny, the pipe, it's like a mm-hmm. sick person. So suddenly your kid is is in all these things and then in, in neonatal ICU. And and that's how, because I can't even go in entirely. You know, so they have to... Um, Get him ready, and then they have to put the stuff on you so that you can go see him. But you see him for a little bit. Even me, I couldn't like see him for a long time. And then you see them. So it has a rough two nights. Mm-hmm. Um, on the third day, I was like, I need to go see my baby. And the nurses were like, if we remove all of, because I had a, but again, a drip mm. for everything, like whatever. Like, if they remove everything, they can't put it back in. I'd have to now start taking pills. Um, so I have to... So if I make the decision, like, it's final. You know, like, I can't just pop a... But again, because for pain management, you just press a button on something and then it goes away in 10 seconds. Oh, okay. It's like all in vitro. It's very, very nice. I wouldn't lie. And I was like, no, I need to go see my baby. And they took everything off. And then you came, like, I'm coming with you. You didn't want me to come with you because I could barely walk. I was like, like, I'll never forget the nurse. She's like, if you can make it from your bed to the bathroom, I'll let you go. Because they didn't even want me to leave. Mm. And I was like, I made it. Can I go see my baby? You know? And then I get there. We get to Garden City. And it's on the other side of the world. Mm. Mm. It's the Wi-Fi, my boy. <laughs> and there's culprit number one. Eesh. And we're almost there with this recording <laughs> as DJ. Bring the phone here. Okay. So we get there and like the the maternity ward is on the other side of this place. You know? You mean walking? Walking. For you. Mm. So I took a deep breath because Where firstly you were you were not um I didn't want to show you how much pain I was in. Didn't they give you a wheelchair? Mm-mm. You should I, have asked for one. I should have in retrospect, but I was like, I'm getting there. I got there. Then the nurses were less than friendly. And I was in about their life. I wanted to see my baby. Mm. And I saw my baby. And I just started spending time there. So like my house for a long time was Genesis and garden city like i didn't even come home home and um i remember one of the days was so small but i took him out of the incubator so the, the depending on who was on duty they had different approaches to this mm. there was ones like don't touch the baby just go through the the glass thing the other ones like of course you must touch your baby you need that mother to that skin on skin situation so i just picked up the kid gave him skin on skin Instantly, the milk came. I'll near like it was like a whole wave that washed over me, and the milk came, and I started pumping, and he started like sucking, and it was. I can't again. My boob was like so much bigger than his face. <laughs> I genuinely thought that I would suffocate, and like I'm thinking, it felt like I'd never done this before. It's like I'd never been down this road. I didn't know what I was doing, and he was so small. And he just was like so frail. He didn't move. He didn't moan. He didn't cry. He didn't do anything. We thought he was the perfect child. (laughs) (laughs) We thought, wow. You know, and then seven days later, like we negotiated with that doctor. The doctor Mm. was like, okay, no, you come. It's fine. He's looking better. If you take him home, will you be able to look after him? Like he he just. No, he needed to get to a. In a few certain days weight. to a certain weight. Mm-hmm. And then we need to come back and, yeah. So he reached his weight. He was now 1.9. And he was like, okay, um, he will 
let us have him if we it was a she hey she mm, no okay. i remember your doctor was a she okay i don't remember them at all like weirdly enough that, that's like the section i don't remember mm. and he's like you can have the baby but they have to put on weight so we had like a rigid schedule of when we were going back so that yeah. you could check on his development and in hindsight like i got stuck in that mode cuz i missed how much of a fat baby he became at 3 months i didn't even see it he never stopped eating <laughs> to this day <laughs> never I swear, stopped i swear i i think it's a neutral thing like it really happened in the stomach like that kid came out eating and he's still yeah. eating now like, we understand why he 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 wrapped his umbilical cord cuz he can't stop moving no He, he, he can't stop it. moving, he can't stop eating. And I remember one of his photos like um when they did the scan earlier in the year like in the pregnancy, he had his finger in his mouth. Really? And Paul has always sucked his finger. I could never see that. Like in the scans me I could never see if it's even a person. There was literally one his finger was in the mouth and we were making And it's still a, there. It's still there. I can't get rid of it. So he grew and he grew and he got fat. and he was fat and he was adorable and i sat on the couch cuz obviously you can't move after a c section for six weeks whatever but i sat there literally breastfeeding the life back into my child all new for him to wake up at 6 7 months on some mm, boobs not the thing i need more food you're yeah. not producing fast enough that's you your know? son and he's been munching and fidgeting <laughs> i can't no one can produce food fast enough No, not even you. I was shouted at this morning because I'm not <laughs> feeding him fast enough. And he literally says, feed me. <laughs> he I'm says, I'm hungry. I need to eat now. <laughs> Daddy, food. Keep on buying on our home. Keep on buying on us. And then, but what I love about all of that energy and that bustling and everything is that when Paul sleeps, he's out for like flat 16 hours. Yeah. He just woke up to eat, move around. go right back to sleeping that's all he did as a baby it sounds about the same and he was heavy it, it's the same guy he's the same guy yeah he, he, he sleeps he just throughout has, the night he just has a voice now and we can yeah. hear better what's happening in his head but i still think we don't know what's going on with no we don't like, you can't read that kid oh i know that he's 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 um literal yeah about everything like This is what we're doing. I'm doing this now. There's no nuance. That you know yeah. exactly what he He's wants. He's got zero gray areas. He doesn't know how to manipulate. He doesn't know how to play. Unlike the big brother who oh, is slick. Oh, my okay. sons. So now that your sons are uh 5 and 7. You you you're a mom now, fully fledged. Yeah. Ne? Um how do you approach motherhood now and what are, what are you what are your challenges about motherhood if any well my approach to the kids and i had to fight with you for a while about it was knowing what i know and i know this for sure is that kids are born perfect and completely intact they're complete what we do is learn how to communicate with each other as they grow up and we must feed and protect them from the environment and the elements and stuff but the child in itself is complete and it's a journey where you need to learn who your child is not tell your child who to be which is really really difficult because they don't always make the best decisions or choices for themselves they I mean, never do this kid has like has six scars and we don't even understand how it happened all his brother has is zero practically scarless mm. yes mm. no you can have an orange you know like we said he's still eating <laughs> he came out for food <laughs> what was i saying oh being a mother like you, mm. you allow them to be you have to give them space and room to show you who they are and teach them what's dangerous what's not dangerous and we always 
I've seen a lot of parents and they approach this with their experience, their knowing, their shortcomings. Like nobody will know you better as an adult like your child because they've been watching you 24-7 in mm. silence. Learning your moods, learning your cues, learning your phrases. They know when to push the buttons. They know when to stop. They don't know when to stop sometimes. Um, but they're also exploring themselves. They have a body. They have to figure out what it can do, what its strengths and weaknesses are, what its limitations are. So for the longest time, I thought like Lange had this thing, like he has zero fear, like zero fear. He literally walks into a swimming pool not knowing how to swim. You know, like the element of me balancing in this body of water is not an issue for him. Like I'm getting in the water because that's what I want. That's why he's got. Yeah, that's why he's got so many scars. Whereas on the brother and like TJ, you have to build that, take a deep breath, do it anyway. Mm. You know, he initially didn't want to do much of anything. And it was a lot of conversations and a lot of talking. And I've seen my son literally shaking shaking in fear doing it anyway because mm -hmm. he knows on the other end of it it's a different experience like i'm very happy he gets that so early in life so for being a mom to two boys besides the food that you guys are eating me out of all three of you combined the amount of energy you require it's a thrilling experience like i wouldn't trade it for anything in the world and I am practicing daily to be present with the kid that is the kid because the five and seven-year-old are not my three and five-year-old anymore, you know. Um, that, that, that podcast I shared with you, like that clip or that podcast I shared with you a couple months ago about how moms wake up one day and their kids are six foot four. They're grabbing stuff at the cupboards for them. And they realize that their children are their best friends. They're becoming amazing men and human beings. And they were also their babies. Like you don't get to break up with your child. You know, you just, they just mm. wake up one day and they're these big people. I'm like, nah, I see what they mean, but I'm not that because I was so present and in tune with all of them when they went through their baby phases. Like, I saw the transition from baby to toddler, toddler to, you know. And now we have an independent streak that I'm enjoying. If anything, I'm trying to figure out what they'd look like in 10 years' time. You know, um, how the world and their friends and society will impact their development and the choices that they will make. I'm pretty much done with TJ, with teaching him what I think I really need to teach him. Um... Paul still copy and paste. <laughs> He's very, very different. The hardest thing to mother was to figure out how to mother kids that are so completely different. I had one method with one child that does not work on the other. And you literally have to start from scratch mm. and figure it out, you know. And having a partner like you has made it really, really, really easy you know especially when i have to remind you the boys actually just do what you do so clean your act up i have been talking lecturing teaching doesn't happen if dad puts his core on the couch i want to find grapevines on the floor they do what you do you know so i'm back to working on you again guys mm, and i'm back to working on you, you again you don't need to work on me i'm a masterpiece <laughs> <laughs> you understand? You, you've domesticated me. You, you, you mm. finished me. I'm here now. But what I didn't counter for, and this conversation is probably the most vital of this entire section or discussion, is the toll childbirth has on you physically. Mm. I mean, after Paul came, I think I got up officially eight months off the couch. You know, it took a while. And then we moved here. And remember, I couldn't even lift my legs, never mind do a setup. There was just no communication. It was just like, and I was tiny. I kept my frame. It all looked fine on the outside. But like inside, I was like, no way. I was nowhere on the inside. And what is it? 
two, two, three years now. We're going on our third year. I have, I finally have core strength, but it's still weaker than it should be. But I, I'm finally getting back to the, not necessarily the body I had before the children, but like a body I can rely on. That I know my knee and my ankle, like weird aches and pains. And then I speak to my mother, like, oh, oh who's our band in 10 years' time? That you pain remember. is going to come back. <laughs> It is it is part of me. I don't think we'll ever be free, per se, of childbirth, aches and pains or the transformation that women go through. And I think men should really veneer it. It's not an acknowledgement or a thank you. You should really... That's something that should be put on a pedestal. Pregnancy is a life and death situation mm. from the get-go, you know, and the transformation the woman goes through to give birth to a child is a miracle in itself. And it should be treated as such. And how society honors certain things like that is be fair about maternity breaks, like be co compensate people. Like, yes, you chose to have a baby, but this is, you make your laws according to nature, not according to what you think is better. Because women go through a lot, they give up a lot just to be parents. And as much as we nurture and nature and care for the child, there is a very special bond between a father and a child. And it means something very different to men having children. Whether you're a present father or not, it actually means something to you. And I don't think I'll ever understand that. I just see it in all the dads around. And because women give you that, you should honor it differently as a society. Whew. And on that note, thank you so much, Tessa, for joining us. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers. Um, yeah, I, look, from, I'm, I, I was curious, right? I don't think that's something that we don't have that privilege as men to be able to give birth, right? We can raise the children, but I... I think I'm starting to understand like how difficult this thing is, mm -hmm. you know, um, it's not an easy thing because I can see how long it's actually taking you to fully heal. If mm -hmm. that, like your mother was saying, um, you're going to st still feel it in 10 years time if you ever really mm -hmm. heal from that. So you guys have a, a special bond with the kids, especially your second born, right? He wakes up <laughs> and he just, he just wants you first thing in the morning. So, Thank you for giving me two beautiful boys. Like, I I can't believe I have such beautiful kids. You know, I don't believe, I can't believe I have kids in the first place. <laughs> no, we wonder about that as you know? well every now and um, again. But you know, you know, simple things for me, I always wonder. Like, I've got a great family. I've got a great wife. Um, so I'm eternally grateful for that. Mm. You know, my kids are, as you know, they're everything to me. And that's good and bad. Yeah. Because they, they evoke... Everything. All emotions and everything in me in like a day. So I go through the whole, you know, <laughs> the a whole spectrum, spectrum of life <laughs> because of these yes, people. But and and the most important thing, I think, you keep our our, our house and our, our family warm. You know, when you're not here, the house is you know the house is shit. I That's don't what I was saying. That. If if, if <laughs> keep the mom, the the kid, <laughs> some more. No, you know that. Like if you're not here, the house is. Your kids, number one, they can't manage when you're not here. And when they walk in, they always. You know, ask it's the me, first time you say this because, like, you always look like you've got everything unlocked. There's food, either like you've decided to let them go apeshit, or you haven't. The house Tessa. is tidy. Like everything looks like, oh, mom could have stayed an extra hour. Only Kindota. I get yelled at if I'm late. So chalvela ngapagati, food. But you must die inside. There's the man. No kajal. No, but it's true. You know, so the kids they understand that the because I'm not always warm towards the kids. Mm. You are very warm towards them. You like when you talk to TJ, it's very tender, and he understands that. Um, same thing with Mpo. But when you're not here, it's like, yeah, we're here. We're, it's, it's more mechanical when you're here. It's operational. Like, we have to do this at this time. Mm. They get that. But with moms, in the morning, like, you guys are talking. You're having a conversation. How are you? How was your day? I'm like, <laughs> yo, we got to get to school. You know, but that's what you give them. So thank you for that. And thank you to all the mothers out there. Yeah, no, shout out to all the moms. Like, 
the mom's network, the mom's groups, the advice, the columns, the ones who take the time to write the books, the articles, who tell their stories, who gather together. I mean, like even it's Mother's Day to all the mothers who gave birth to children who are not alive anymore. Mm. That is a pain that I respect. <clears throat> and I feel for all of you, like who have all your people and your little angels in heaven, moms are magic, you know, and all the moms who are moms but never gave birth to children, like they don't get enough reward. But we have been, and I know personally, having had a mother who's the mother of all mothers, like literally, I have aunts that I love who were mothers to me and they had no children of their own. So shout out to them too because it's the village that raised me. You know? You don't learn how to be a mother. You're shown how to be a mother. And that's the mom I am because of all the mothers who were mothers to me. Thank you. Until the next episode. Shop, shop. Shop. Thank you so much to our guests for taking the time to share their story. In fact, thank you to all the guests for coming on to this podcast. And a big shout out to our engineer, Unatin Gubeni, for pulling the show together. Most importantly, thank you to you, our loyal listener. None of this is possible without you. If you haven't already, before you leave, please rate the content and subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss any updates. Until next time. Hola. Voilà.